Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Subject to Improvement podcast. My name is Susanna Margison. I am the lawyer turned coach who will help you do, I would say, four main things amongst others. I will help you rehab your reputation if it has taken a nosedive. I will help you lead others in a non-cringy way. I will help you unfuck your life. And if need be, I will help you make an awesome comeback. So today I want to have a chat with you guys about imposter syndrome. And this has come up recently, actually a few times, and it's come up in really surprising places. It's come up with people who I never would have expected would experience these types of feelings. And it made me realize that no matter how successful somebody looks on the outside, no matter how together their life looks, or no matter what they've achieved, a lot of people, I would even venture to say, like I'm not a betting person, but I think I would feel comfortable taking the bet that at least 85% of us have had feelings of being an imposter at some point in time in our lives. And in fact, some of us continue to have them now on a fairly daily basis. So we should chat about this because this is a mindset issue. And if you are walking into any kind of difficult scenario with the mindset that you're an imposter and it's only a matter of time before someone figures out that you're a fraud or that you don't deserve to be there or you don't have the knowledge that's necessary to be there, if you're walking in there with that mindfuck happening, you're not going to be as strong a performer as you would be otherwise. So handling these mindset issues is actually crucial. And one of my, I think I would call this a regret maybe, but one of the things that I wish I had done as a young lawyer is I wish I had invested in coaching. Like I wish I had figured out that these mindset topics and, you know, things like healing past trauma were going to make me a much better lawyer much faster because I truly, truly think that I was held back at the beginning of my career because I had didn't have the tools that were necessary to deal with these things. And actually, more importantly, I didn't even know that these things were problems, you know, that I was dealing with. So this is something that is near and dear to my heart. And I want to share with you guys some insights that I've gotten over the past two years of being a lawyer and being a coach and, you know, things that have helped me develop a healthier relationship with imposter syndrome. Now, that is actually a key comment, and I want to talk about that before I get into the other stuff. So these feelings and thoughts don't necessarily go away. Like, I would say that I still experience imposter syndrome-esque thoughts on a very regular basis, if not a daily basis, particularly when I'm working. But I have learned to recognize those thoughts as just being thoughts. I really do subscribe to the concept that just because we think things doesn't mean that they're capital T true. And I happen to have a brain that is prone to anxiety and that's also prone to underselling my own talents. And so knowing that and knowing that my brain really likes to make sure I'm safe and knowing that that imposter syndrome is really just the inner critic showing up for work that day is really helpful because that helps me understand that those thoughts need a little bit more investigation as opposed to taking them at face value. So with that, I have done that investigation. So you don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. You do still have to do the investigation for yourself. But I want to give you a little bit of a head start. So 
here is what I've learned along the way of investigating my own imposter syndrome. So thing number one is I don't really care whether or not imposter syndrome exists as a syndrome. What I have come to understand, accept, and believe is that the feelings are real, even if the quote-unquote syndrome is not an actual syndrome, even if it's something that you think is is made up or a tool of a misogynistic society to keep women down, for example, putting aside all of that debate, the feelings are real. And what I've discovered, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, is that the feelings don't discriminate. Like the feelings are there for people who are just starting their careers. They're there for people who are almost at the twilight of their careers. It doesn't seem to matter if it's a a male or female, woman or man. You know, the feelings are almost universal. And the feelings come down to one theme, and it's not being good enough, not being worthy. So that's one thing I would say is that putting aside that debate, I think we still owe ourselves um, owe ourselves a sense of, I guess, oh, just owe it to ourselves, I should say, to recognize that the feelings are there and that they might not be true. So here's what I've learned about being an imposter. And some of this I've talked about in previous episodes where I've talked about perfection and about how perfection is a standard that's subjective. That all applies here. So I'm going to build on that and t- and build and tell you what I've learned in addition to that. So one thing that I've learned is that you don't need to be perfect all the time. You don't need to know everything. It is totally acceptable and in fact preferable to tell someone that you're going to need to go look at something or to admit that it's something that you don't know. And that's because I think a lot of us, and especially now this day and age, like I think we've come out of a pandemic, we've come out of situations where there's misinformation. Well, actually, we're still in situations where there's misinformation everywhere. So there's a part of us, I think, that we're now a little more skeptical, I think, than we ever used to be. So we sniff out bullshit and we'll sniff out somebody who we think is feeding us bullshit. So one of the best ways that I can think of to build credibility with whoever you need to build credibility with, whether it's clients or whether it's colleagues or you know people in your personal life, is to just own up when you don't know something. Because people don't like posers. Like People don't like other people who oversell their talents or who won't own up to not knowing something. So that's one thing I would say. The other thing I would say, and this sort of goes hand in hand with that, is that you will get a lot more social capital. And when I talk about social capital, what I mean is credibility with other people, strengthened relationships with other people, greater status with other people in terms of them seeing you as being trustworthy or, you know, worthy of investing their emotional energy in. You'll get a lot more social capital by showing integrity when you mess something up than you will by just never messing anything up. Because amongst other things, I think, again, people are skeptical these days. People are cynical these days. So they'll be waiting for the ball to drop. But also, I believe that you can really tell a lot about a person by how they behave when they fuck something up. Like there are companies that I will be forever loyal to because they responded in such a constructive, awesome way when they messed something up that I'm like, wow, they really care. This is amazing. They have integrity. And that shouldn't be the exception, but it has become the exception. So if you can show that, then that's really cool. Even though your brain might be saying, they're going to think you're a fraud. They're going to think that you're not capable. They're going to think all of these things. 
actually, I believe that deferring to honesty and integrity is, is the way to go in those scenarios. So that has been extremely helpful. The other thing that's been extremely helpful for me is understanding that thoughts are not facts. Feelings are not facts. The feelings are very powerful. Like, oh my goodness, if feelings of um, self-worth were as powerful as feelings of self-doubt, the world I think would be a much better place. But they are not facts. And just because you're feeling it doesn't mean it's true. There would be times, and I I'm, I can't call up a specific time because it's happened so often, but there would be times that I would go into a legal proceeding, whether it would be a discovery, which is the Canadian equivalent, as far as I can see, the Canadian equivalent of a deposition or a mediation or sometimes a meeting in front of a judge or even a trial where I would walk into the room and be, you know, doubting myself, questioning myself, worried I didn't prepare enough. Like the imposter syndrome would be kicking in so high gear that it was like, you know, almost stifling, almost, not quite, not quite. I overcame it. But I'd be thinking to myself, you know, these people know that I'm new. They know that I, you know, this is my first time. You know, they, they've they already sussed me out. They, they're they already judging me. Like I would be saying that kind of dialogue to myself only to find out after that that wasn't happening at all with the other person. Like that wasn't even a thought that had crossed their mind. And so that can be extremely powerful. And again, that's the inner critic kind of trying to keep you safe and trying to keep you from putting yourself out on a limb because your inner critic has decided it's not safe for you to do that. So just because I had thought that somebody was judging me or somebody had already decided I wasn't good at something definitely turned out to not be true. And there were also times, particularly with other women, where I would think like, okay, they've already judged me. They've already decided that I'm you know, found wanting. But then they would be thinking the same thing about me. And so there we were, both all up in our heads, when actually neither of us had thought any less of the other person. We were just conquered by our own insecurities in that moment. So just remember that feelings are not facts. Thoughts are not facts. The other thing I would say is that most people are a little more self-involved than we give them credit for. So the time that we think they're spending thinking about us and you know putting us down, they're probably just thinking about themselves or something else that's far more important. Not to you know, not to diss you or diss how important you are, but uh, as as someone wise once said to me, you know, don't flatter yourself. They're they're not thinking about you as much as you think they are. The other thing I want to tell you is that imposter syndrome feelings will show up at the least opportune moments. And usually they'll show up when things have gone badly, you know, to confirm for you that you were never good enough to begin with. That's obviously bullshit, but that's what your brain might tell you. They'll also show up on good times. You know, maybe you got a promotion or maybe you've met somebody that you're really interested in, or maybe, you know, you found a job that you want to apply for. And that's exciting because you've stumbled across an opportunity. But sometimes imposter syndrome will show up there too, because it'll say things like, you know, you're never going to be able to keep it up. Now's the time they're going to discover that you're a fraud. You know, that's when the self-doubt will really kick in, even though you've got evidence that suggests otherwise the imposter syndrome has a way of turning up in those moments. And just because it's turning up doesn't mean that there's actually any danger, but it can help if you know like, oh yeah, okay, this is pretty common. You know, people do tend to get these feelings after they get a new job. So the last thing I want to share with you about imposter syndrome, and this is the most important, I've saved the best for last. 
often we'll tell ourselves things like, you know what, I'm going to stop feeling like an imposter once I get the big job or once I get, you know, blank or once this happens or once I finally reach my income goal or once I finally smash my sales goal, only then will I stop feeling like an imposter. The cruel paradox, the cruel irony to all of this is that it becomes a lot easier to reach those goals after you've stopped feeling like an imposter. So the feeling actually comes before the goal and not the other way around. So if you were thinking, you know what, I don't need to deal with this imposter syndrome bullshit because all I'm going to do is I'm just going to achieve my goal and it's going to go away. It doesn't always work like that. It might, but it doesn't always work like that. So it's actually worth your time to start investing in kicking those imposter syndrome thoughts to the door however you need to do it. So I hope this was helpful. Let me know how you have managed your imposter syndrome feelings. Please know that you can always reach out to me to book a free call. Or if if you're one of my clients, then book a call using the links that's provided to you because we can talk about this a ton. But I hope for today these thoughts were helpful. So it's onward and upward from here. Have a great day. And until next time, I will see you soon.